0: Yeah, how do you say your last name? Shoneman. Shoneman, yep. Okay. It's
1: a lot easier said than like it looks, it looks really scary. This
0: week, I'm joined by my friend Kelsey Shoneman. Kelsey talks to me about seeing the light at the end of the tunnel as she went through cancer treatments, as well as other things such as remaining positive and sharing that positivity in a way, passing the light down the tunnel that other people might have it as well. Now, of course, I encourage you after this episode is done, take five minutes out of your day to have a conversation with someone you know. They don't have to be anyone special, anyone important, just someone. Ask them about them. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Kelsey Shoneman. Kelsey Shoneman, welcome to My Wax Museum.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: I'm I'm glad you think so. It's kind of hot in this room, actually. It Surprisingly. is. <laughs> um, we might have to crack a window later, but... So we're going to start with how we know each other. So how do we know each other?
1: Yeah. So me and Alex know each other through our American Foundations class Mm -hmm. here up at BYU Idaho, which is a wonderful campus to be on. Um, Yeah. That's where we initially met. Yeah. um, And we have fun in that class.
0: Actually, yeah. Sometimes sometimes more fun than others. Sometimes there are some good laughs coming (laughs) from the front. Yeah, you got to
1: crack a joke once in a while, you know. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Although at least Brother Thomas starts every. Class with a joke.
1: That's true. He's very um, pun oriented. Yes, seriously.
0: Uh, and you always know when it's coming because of his, the tone of his voice. Oh yeah. He'll he'll start with the other day I was.
1: And we're just like oh here it comes here
0: it's coming drum
1: roll please yeah.
0: And uh, we have our little crew in American Foundations. Gavin sits with us and we all we sit close enough that we can make passing remarks, but far enough away that we can be spread out
1: and have our own and room, ha- have
0: our own space. Yeah. So a uh, pretty fantastic class, I'd say. Um, but yeah, so that's how we know each other. And so tell me, where are you from? Where were you born?
1: So I originally was born in Pocatello, Idaho. Really? I, I was. Um, but I only lived... We only lived there for, I think, like a year. Okay. Um, but my family's actually moved around a lot, so I don't necessarily claim like a specific place that I'm from. We've moved at least 15 times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the longest place I lived was up in Puyallup, Washington, Okay. Um, so that's up by Seattle. Yeah. And then my parents ended up moving um, here just a little bit before the summer um, to oh, Ogden, Utah. So really? that's where they are stationed now.
0: <laughs> okay, so how long did you live up in the Seattle area?
1: Um, we lived there for 13 years, so I guess I could call it home. But Okay, that's,
0: that sounds pretty like home. Yeah. Um, where else have you lived?
1: I've also lived... So we've lived in Ogden twice now. They're okay. there now again. Yeah. Um, I have lived in Aberdeen, Idaho. Okay. Um, I've also lived in Oregon, in Hermiston, Oregon. Okay. And in Sumner, Washington. Okay. And in Ording, Washington as well. Okay, so, so
0: pretty western Yeah, so states, we've really
1: yeah. stayed on the west side for sure
0: yeah and so do you you kind of i know when we met and i asked you where you were from originally you you had said seattle and i guess 13 years that yeah (laughs) seattle what was the reason for all that moving was that work
1: yeah so that was with my dad's job he he manages lushwap tire center and so just like moving up in the company we've had to move every two years like on the dot but now that he is a manager we were able to just stay put for long period of time.
0: Some time yeah get yeah. to know people yeah. get to
1: know your surroundings yeah
0: which is always nice that helps you settle in and yeah. kind of enjoy yourself a lot more definitely um do you have a favorite place that you live
1: yeah so I actually really loved living in Washington really? like, up in the Pacific Northwest it's yeah. beautiful so if any yeah. of you get a chance to go go yeah. up there the hikes are gorgeous the yeah. scenery is magnificent no picture could ever do it justice it's really, really gorgeous up yeah. there
0: and so um, you, you said the hikes are gorgeous. Did you grow up going on a lot of hikes out there?
1: Yeah, so me and my good friend um, back in high school and my brother, super close with my brother, we would get friends together and go hiking all the time. Really? Just do a bunch of different hikes through the summer yeah. and even through the fall because sometimes the weather was fine to go hiking. Really? Um, but yeah, I love to hike.
0: That's awesome. And so um, how close to the coast did you live then? Was it right on the coast?
1: No, so we weren't like right on the coast. I would say a good like 40 minutes to an hour. So we were okay. pretty close. Pretty but, close. But yeah. yeah, we had to drive a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's neat. So uh, growing up, um, you said that you were close with your brother. How many siblings do you have?
1: So yeah, I just have my younger brother. Okay. So we're like 21 months apart. <laughs> so yeah. he's just a grade like, right behind me and I in and, and school. And yeah. so, yeah, we grew up really close together.
0: That's awesome. And what, what kind of helped... Um, to develop that relationship.
1: Yeah, I think honestly, a big thing is just maturity. When you mm-hmm. just grow older, you appreciate each other more. Yeah, um, we've been apart for a little bit now. He's serving an LDS mission, right? And I also served, and so we have been apart for at least two years now. And because you overlapped, we did overlap, oh, right. yeah. and so we've gotten like another year. But I would say distance has <laughs> brought us really close, even mm-hmm. closer than we were in high school. We're very close right now. Um, but I would just say like we had the same friend group a lot of the time, and so we hung out. At a lot of different events together, and just grew really close. Kind of
0: stuck together, (laughs) which is nice to have to have a sibling that you can go around with. Yeah. Was there ever a time when you really didn't get along?
1: Yeah, I would say early, like middle school, like end of elementary (laughs) age, which we're still pretty young then. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we we would argue a lot more during that time. But I wouldn't say we ever like were like against each other mm-hmm. like we always have been pretty close
0: yeah and was that kind of like what what do you think i mean i mean you're close in age and, and you grew up together just the two of you was that um was was that kind of an example set for you guys by your parents that, that you got to get along or something?
1: Yeah, so my parents really instilled in us that we're family. Like, family yeah. means that you love each other. You don't always have to like each other is what we always used to say. Yeah. But we need to support each other. And so, like, even when we'd have, like, because we have, like, different hobbies that we're interested in, it was always really important that we would go support one another at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents were big into... Um, always being at our events and things that we wanted to do during school and yeah. um, our extracurricular activities, I guess. Yeah. Um. And so I think just support and like encouragement was really instilled
0: mm-hmm. into our
1: family unit, and then again, love like loving one another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, being in that support and stuff, what sort of extracurricular activities did you participate in?
1: Yeah, so me and my brother both did sports. So we okay. um, both played basketball. Yeah. I Ivan played soccer and ran track, and he played football for a little bit. Okay. Um, and then I was in a club called FCCLA.
0: Okay, which is?
1: Um, it's Family Career Community um, Leadership of America.
0: Okay, okay. F- yeah. F-
1: FCCLA. FCCLA. It's kind FCCLA. of like a lot, too. It's like a mouthful. That's why I was yeah. like, I haven't been in high school for like three years. I'm trying right. to and remember so that the was order. So, a high school program? Yep.
0: And that's family.
1: Consumer community, community, leaders, community of leaders of America. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a lot to, yeah, to handle yeah. there. <laughs>
0: I mean, it sounds important. Yes. <laughs> so tell me about that. What did you
1: do? Yeah, so it was really fun. Um, there was a group about, of about like 25 of us. So it was a pretty big group and we would just go throughout the community and go to different businesses or just even the other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would look for volunteer opportunities if they needed help or, um, like fundraising and things like that so we would do like 5k events and we'd hold like huge events for the community to come together Mm -hmm. and um, participate in and raise money for awarenesses and things like that and then we would um, have competition at the end of the year and we'd go to state and present our different um, projects that we performed throughout the year
0: really cool so what do you have a favorite project that you worked on
1: yes so i specifically out of the four years that I was um, in the club I loved the community project that we called hero hats um,
0: right which we talked a little bit about in the Christmas special that I right. think is coming after this episode so why don't you fill us in a little bit on that one again yeah,
1: yeah for sure um, hero hats is um, a project that me and my one of my best friends started um, it's so it revolved around um, babies, like infants, mm-hmm. and those that don't have like incubators or um, a way to stay, to stay warm like in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And so we would come together and we'd crochet baby hats and then we'd send them to those places um, for those children that were in need, whether it be like around the world or just um, locally we'd find organizations that we could donate to. And um, it was something that was really impactful to me. It really helped me look outwards and see mm-hmm. those that really needed the help, um, especially the infants that they don't really have a voice yet. <laughs> and yeah. so we were able to help keep them warm and keep them safe. That's in awesome. In some, some little way that we could.
0: Yeah. And so uh, so this was your you and your friend um, who, who came up with this, right? Yes, yep. And. What what caused you to come up with it? Because obviously it was an issue, but how did it come to your attention?
1: Right, so we actually were, um, from the leader of the group, um, we were um, approached and she told us that she thought that we could like think of a project and um, run with it just because she saw, we'd been in the group for two years by then and she saw motivation from us and just yeah. different things that we've worked on and she really encouraged us to think of our own project and Um, to see where it would go and so I'm grateful that she approached us and asked us to do that because it got our minds spinning of different ideas of what we could do and we both realized well we both know how to crochet and um, we I don't know the idea just kind of came out of nowhere honestly Mm -hmm. and we were just like this is something that would be really impactful and um, fun to participate in and then you could also, it's easy to learn so you could teach other people how to do it and yeah. it's something that could have a ripple effect in the end and it's not just a one-time thing. Like, you can constantly be doing this.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, babies are constantly being right. born, right? right? And so, so doing this... Do you know? Do you know like how many you've made? How many hats you've made?
1: I don't have an exact number. I know yeah. we've made quite a few, but yeah. I haven't kept like an exact number now.
0: Probably way more hats than I've ever
1: created. <laughs> yeah, we for sure. we've made quite a bit of them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And so, so you you were told to just come up with a project, and, yeah. and So you went and ran with this one.
1: Yeah, and I, even I just came to my mind. Um, so my mom, as well, she is big into like selling different hats like that she makes okay. and things like that and so that also was a huge help because she's been doing that for a long time she knows how to crochet very well and so she was able to also help us and so i think that's might be where like it sparked the idea yeah. like oh my mom does this on yeah. like the kind of the side of being a stay-at-home mom yeah um this might be something that we could as well do <laughs>
0: that's awesome that's fantastic and uh, were there any other other projects that had uh, an impact on you and what what did doing these things teach you
1: yeah so we also do a yearly um project called we just had like a carnival for mm-hmm. the community and so um it was kind of a big deal though we um it wasn't just like a little carnival we'd like yeah. set up different stations and like have games that we would actually make the sets for really yeah and then we would get into like our carnival outfit so we also had to have costumes that we put on and things like that and Uh, we'd make like this big production for the little kids to come to and um, the prices were very um, easy to I guess accommodate to the, the families in the community and then we would also have like at the same time like a food drive so when they'd come like They'd pay, but then they'd also donate their food and things like that. Right, um, and it was just really cool to watch, like them, the families come because a lot of people would come from the community, and um, just how much the kid, little kids, like enjoyed it. But they also were participating in like donating the food, and so yeah. it was just like a good environment for them to be in.
0: That's awesome. That sounds like such a big undertaking yeah and you did all of this while you were in high school I
1: did yeah like a lot of hours after school put into this club yeah holy cow and on top of
0: that you were doing soccer as well and other sports right yeah
1: so I did track full-time and I actually ended up getting sick a few years of my high school career but um aside from that yeah I was always very very busy and active and participating in activities holy
0: cow did you did you do homework in that time too
1: I know right you think I wouldn't but yes I always somehow found a way to to do homework, and I also went to Bible study in the morning, so I was just always very busy.
0: Holy cow, that's—I mean, it always blows me away. It whenever I talk to somebody on on here and I find out all the extra things that they're they're involved in, I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> you know, it's it's just amazing to to hear about that. So, what what overall do you think being in the FCCLA, <laughs> uh, what did that what, what did that teach you? What lesson have you drawn from that to kind of take to the rest of your life?
1: Yeah, I think one lesson that it really instilled in me was to always look outward. Like mm-hmm. there is a reason that people are put in your path and um, a lot of times those people are in need or sometimes you're in need and like you need their help hmm. and vice versa. And so when you are able to get outside of yourself, it, it also helps with other factors of your life. Like right now at this age of life, I think stress is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different things that we're trying to accomplish, but also start and begin. And it's like the beginning stages of reality and like the rest of our life. Um, And so I think looking outward and serving um, helps with like stress and it would help with if someone's like suffering with depression or just things like that, that um, maybe aren't really talked about a lot or complained about a lot um, can really impact you in a, a way to help you find pure happiness And know that you are constantly helping someone else um, really helps you as well it strengthens you from the inside yeah
0: and so with I mean you were talking about um, how how people are put in your path that either you can help or they can help help you Mm -hmm. Um, obviously it's pretty clear you help a lot of people you've done a lot to, to help out what's an example of someone who has come into your life to help you
1: yeah that's a great question um so i would say in a huge example that comes to my mind um is i could almost get like emotional about it but um it's just nice to know first of all that people are thinking of you when mm-hmm. they do reach out that's why it's yeah. so important that you do reach out to other people because that thought is it goes a long ways um but i would say so for an example in my junior year of high school i was diagnosed with cancer and so i went through a lot of, of things that year um, yeah. that I had never experienced with my health and even just my mental state, um, just with the impact of that being so horrific on yeah. me. Um, but I would say a huge example of compassionate service is my mom. Yeah. She would come to me at the most Appropriate times and when I needed someone the most and she's always knocking on my bedroom door And that sounds kind of cliche like of course mom's there, but she was there in like a different way Like she was almost like in tune with what I was feeling so that she knew when she needed to reach out to me Um, Which was really amazing to me to see that um, within my mom she taught me so much during that time I learned so much from her about just not just service but just infinite like love for someone else yeah and how important it is to just take the time to sit with them and to just be with them that's like so simple it's just being with someone and and listening to them and she yeah. was always like the ear that would listen to me
0: yeah and so um uh, of course moms are a special part of so many people's lives (laughs) Um, but to to go through being diagnosed with cancer specifically and and dealing with that emotionally and having your mom there for you that must have been very special Um, so what was that what was that like when you first found out that you had cancer
1: Yeah, I think it was the way I would describe it as an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. You always hear of people around like having all these different health problems, not necessarily just cancer, but there's all these different kinds of sicknesses that we face in this life. And I think hearing that for yourself, being directed towards you specifically, um, it put me into shock. I, I've known people in my life that have, whether they've suffered with cancer or just other health issues. and you feel, you know, you feel that sympathy and empathy for them. But I never really felt that for myself, like what it was like to, I guess, be told something like that. And so yeah. um, trying to help other people through those situations, than to be the one in the situation was yeah. um, very different, I would say. It was yeah. hard.
0: Oh, yeah. How, how did that change your perspective on people's trials?
1: I... I really, um, it took a long time. I would say at first I was really angry to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I was angry with the situation. I was angry with life. I was angry with what was going on. Um, I think it was more so that there was no control in, in it, um, with me, like specifically I couldn't control what was going on within my body. Um, and so that was really hard to swallow. Um, it's just, honestly, it changed me with the perspective of when we are going through trials to give it to God, like, there is no other way that I would have came through and be on this other end of it with such a light about the situation. I am so grateful that I went through Hmm. all that I went through. Um, So I think gratitude also was a big part that was instilled with me. But again, it wasn't just happened overnight. It came through hours and days of really seeking help from above and um, also from my parents and those that were really close to me in my life. Um, because it was very hard to swallow at first. And mm-hmm. then as time kept, kept going and I was getting healthier and things were, um, I guess looking up, yeah. <laughs> um, that you heard all this negative news for so long. And then finally there was like a turning point, yeah. um, that I was just like, you know what, I have to make the decision to be okay with this, that this is of course out of my control, but there is someone in control mm-hmm. and I need to seek help from that, that individual, which is God in yeah. my personal life. And that really changed me to have a very different perspective on life. When we are going through trials, um, have a get up and go attitude. Don't, don't sit there and sulk. Um, it's okay to take time and be with yourself and really think about the situation, but get up and and go do something, go help someone go. I don't know, just go get your mind off of it in some way. And another big part of my life during that time was I love to run and I couldn't do that. And so Mm -hmm. I think I, I, I needed an outlet and so that came through just talking and being open with how I was feeling. And I couldn't bottle it in because that was where it would um, turn very ugly very quickly, I guess. Yeah.
0: So when, I mean, you, you talked about how you received all of this bad news. And, and f- for all this time, your your bad news, bad news, bad news. And, uh, and, and how God helped you through that. And then you finally get that good news. You get a little bit of good news. What did that feel like when you got, you know, maybe that was a little light at the end of the tunnel? What mm. did that feel like?
1: I think to me, it felt like gratitude for the first time in my life. I think we we say, oh, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for this. And and we really are grateful for it. But I, yeah. I think there's a difference between saying something and feeling something. And I think that's another thing that this experience taught me, what we, mm. we can say that all these things in our life like we know this and we know that and we know that but knowing something and feeling something is very different hmm. and so when I received the first good news I didn't just know I was grateful I felt the gratitude within me
0: huh that's that's an interesting thought because um, I know I'm I'm a big fan of being grateful for things right you know? <laughs> I mean we just we just had Thanksgiving yes and uh and, and Christmas is coming up and all these things and we live in a great place where we have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. But you know, you're talking about a deeper gratitude. Yeah. Um, and so, so now that you're um, feeling more of this gratitude, what did it feel like going forward out of that and and carrying on? I imagine was there was there more bad news? Was it you know was it easier? Was it harder? Was it? Did you feel like you had something to look forward to? What was that like?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, putting myself back into that time, um, I, I really think going forward was the biggest blessing to me. I, I again then felt like progression, what it's like to progress and keep going. Um, And then there was other times in my life that didn't even have anything to do with this situation that obviously become they're not like the best things. They're negative as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it helped me to have a frame of a different frame of mind during those times. So um, not just with that challenge, but the next challenges that lay ahead, because we always have that opposition. There's always good and bad. And so I think it it, it instilled in me a motivating factor to keep going, um, even through the next rough patch and the next rough patch. Um, hmm. To find that light at the end of the tunnel that I know is always there now It gave me that sense of hope that there will be a light It's not maybe today or tomorrow But it will come because it came a couple years ago When I was in the darkest time of my life There was still light that came And hmm. so light always enters at the most unexpected times But it will come
0: Yeah, yeah And was there was there a time when you felt like it wouldn't?
1: Yes Yeah <laughs> Yes, and I think that was the times when I I could have gone a very different way. That's, mm-hmm. I think, um, a very pivotal point in our lives when it does seem like there's no light that's going to enter. Um, but that's when we have to hold on the deepest and, and the most because um, I think that's when it's right around the corner because we feel like we've been in the dark for so long. We, we are maybe confused or we feel blinded. Right. Um, but as we hold on, the light will immerse, I guess, very, very softly and subtly, but it definitely then becomes very quickly as you keep holding on.
0: That's awesome. And, uh, and when you say holding on, what are you holding on to?
1: Yeah, I, I think I have to hold on to many different things. I think one of the things is my emotions, which can really, I think, take lead in your life. Your Mm -hmm. emotions are something that can really be the leader of your life. And so, Um, it's just like the saying, like when you, like, it's up to you to choose your attitude about the Mm -hmm. situation. Maybe you don't choose what situation you're in, but you can choose like how you respond to it, you know? And I think that is something that, um, really came to me during that time and, and now in my life as well today. Um, and so I think my emotions is what I would say for that answer.
0: (laughs) You're holding on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and through that time, how long, uh, would you say that this period lasted in your life of, of dealing with cancer and and uh, and pushing through that tunnel.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't just even like before I got diagnosed and while I got diagnosed, it also is still like affecting my life today. Right. Um, very differently than it would at first, of course. I've learned a lot and I've changed and I've grown from it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's something that will always affect me. Um, I don't think it's something that will, will go away. Yeah. Um, and I... I do believe, though, that it's something that is helping me grow each day.
0: Yeah, and so so every day. How today? Um, how how do you grow today from those experiences you've had?
1: Um, I think it goes back to every day we have different trials that we face. Mm-hmm. Um, some big, some small. It doesn't matter. It's a trial nonetheless, and I think it has really helped my attitude in life be happy and positive and always look at like the bright side of things, which is so cliche as well, but it really does. It, it's helped me when I'm even here at school, (laughs) for an example, like finals are coming up and it's very stressful, but looking at the bright side of things has given me an inner strength that I wouldn't have been able to get anywhere else.
0: Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any method for yourself to guide you in looking at the bright side?
1: Yeah. I really think it comes down to self positive self-talk okay so we i think we talk more to ourselves in our head than we give ourselves credit for and um that can be um huge and and make a huge difference is the way we communicate to ourselves not just to others but first you have to like be able to communicate to yourself in a positive way in a motivating way um and then also give that to other people as well and that combined has what is what makes the difference
0: so giving it to yourself and then giving it to others as well. Yeah. I, uh, I had a conversation with a friend who's saying something similar uh, to what you're saying um, about about taking it in and also giving it, giving yes. it out. What are some ways that you try to give it out and share it?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's it's something that it doesn't need to be huge. That mm-hmm. It's just even just smiling at people walking, walking by you, yeah. um, saying, hi, how are you today? Um, communicating with each other I think that's like a social norm for some reason that we when you don't know someone just don't talk to them Mm -hmm. but I I'm huge on breaking that social norm you Mm -hmm. have to talk to someone get to know them but also it's okay to just say hi if you've never even seen the person it's okay to communicate we're all human we're all we're all suffering from different things we're all going through different things we're all having things happen in our life that are successful and it's okay to to stop and I think take the time is really what it comes down to. Take the time to notice those around you and whether that be complimenting them or just talking to them and being an ear or being an ear for them to listen. I've Mm -hmm. had many times in my life where I haven't even really known someone and I'm able to just stop and say, hi, how are you today? And they open up to me and I'm there to listen to them talk. And I think that is huge that... We all need someone to listen to us.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, obviously, everyone needs. Everyone needs to let something out mm-hmm. sometime, right? Um, have you Have you had any specific experiences you can think of, where where you were able to be that listening ear for someone?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when I was living down in Florida, um, I remember this sweet old lady, I felt that I needed to just say hi to her and um, tell her to have a good day and mm-hmm. just things like that. And um, we got to talking, just the conversation became more than what I was expecting even. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know why I needed to talk to her, but she started elaborating on um, just things that she was going through. She had just suffered from a big divorce um, and I couldn't relate. I've never been married, so I have obviously never been divorced, yeah. but um, I think that's also another important key factor when you are talking to people, it's okay that you don't relate to them hundred percent. It's okay that maybe you have never gone through what they're going through, but you, for a reason you are talking to them. And so, um, I think that's, it's almost fun for me to think back in my experiences. What could I, what could I give to her? Even if right. I can't relate hundred percent, what, what lessons have I learned in my life, um, to be able to help her mm-hmm. relate to the situation that she's going through and, you know, not necessarily that I need to be the one that helps her overcome it completely, a hundred percent. But right. maybe I could be just like a little pebble in her stones that she's walking on. You know. Yeah. And so I think that's something that's important, and and just being vulnerable and open with how you're feeling and how you're feeling about what she's telling you, and um, then relating it and connecting it to things in your life, and then sharing those lessons. And so that's what I was able to do. I was able to not relate to her a hundred percent, but share with her that, that there will be light kind of what we were going back to yeah. before. I'm huge on that, that it doesn't always have to stay dark forever. And I think some people do feel that it will be dark forever because it, it's been dark for so long. Right. Um, but that, that there really is hope. Hope is huge and hope starts though with believing. And so being able to share this with her, this knowledge that I feel like I have obtained through Many different experiences over time, and I'm still learning about. Yeah. Um, was I think a way that I was able to, even just help her feel some sort of peace of mind. Helping her feel peace is is what I was really trying to accomplish out of conversing with her once we got to talking. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, not even trying to solve her problem. Yeah. But uh, but helping her feel a peace through that uh, relation and. Um, right. And just yeah, just the smallest bit. Of of assistance, somebody just walking down the street and giving you some some love, I guess. Right. right? Yeah. And uh, and so clearly you've kind of gained um, kind of a testimony of this of this light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And do you ever do you ever now that you've that you've learned about this? Are there ever still times where you feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel? Do you ever revert? back to to feeling like that?
1: Um, yeah, I would say, I think that's only normal. Mm -hmm. That it is normal. If, if, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm having a good time of my life right now and it's a good period. Um, it's normal to maybe find yourself once in a while reverting. Some days are going to be hard and that's just how life goes that, um, they, but I think it's important to remember that you don't want to stay there. It's okay that you're, maybe falling back into that a little bit because it's just how emotions work. Mm -hmm. Um, But how are you going to get out of it is your next goal in mind that you recognize that you are there again and you have to then find maybe a different way or maybe ways that you've used before to get out of the situation again.
0: Right. You can keep moving out of it despite kind of sometimes being sucked back in. Right. Um, So going, going forward with your life then, because you're still learning about this, and you're still growing, and surely you'll continue to do so. That's the idea. Right. <laughs> um, what do you What do you hope your future looks like? What do you hope to turn your future into?
1: Yeah. So I, I have really big plans for my future. I'm really excited to share it right now. Um, I, for one thing, I. I love just talking with people as we've been talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love getting to know people's stories and then sharing my own stories with them and just kind of conversing back and forth with one another. I, I feel like that's one of the biggest ways you can learn in life is from other people. Yeah. And one of my main goals is I want to become a motivational speaker. So um, I want to be able to travel and, and not only share my story, but also accumulate other stories that have taught me different things in my life and share that with other people And just be able to speak to people I have had opportunities before to speak to different crowds and I love being able to feel the crowd moving with what you're talking Mm -hmm. about and you just can feel change happening in the room right then and there instantly because change is always occurring Um, we might not always recognize it sometimes we feel like we're in a routine and wow, nothing is different in my life right now like I do the same thing every day I eat the same thing every day I do the same thing every day and I, I love the idea of being able to go and speak with people and help them notice changes occurring in their life or help them maybe even just find different ways that they can change. Maybe they it'll bring enlightenment to them in their life right. and just make a difference in that way.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, speakers um, in all, all varieties, right? You get uh, people who have blogs and YouTube channels. And, right. Um, and... Twitter accounts and any way that people share their thoughts, right? Whenever, whenever there's a, there's somebody out there sharing good
1: thoughts, yes.
0: right? Mm-hmm. I always admire that and respect that. Um, so what, I mean, you want to share your stories and other people's stories as well. What, what brought you to that? Was there a time when you decided that, that that's what you wanted your future to look like?
1: Yeah. So I have always felt leaning towards the direction of helping people so i've thought about like nursing and just something in the medical field just because that's a way that a lot of people help (laughs) many different people and you also meet a lot of different people that way yeah um but then you know as i started thinking more into it it just didn't seem for me um it's just a feeling that i had and and then as i kept thinking and kept thinking it um really just like came to me as i have been able to just listen to a lot of different stories, especially as I served my mission. I I met a lot of different people um, that lived in Florida and Alabama. And being able to listen to their stories, it moved me in such a way that I really came to love and admire um, the idea of the way that we can help one another through our words. Words are so powerful. And um, I also have always loved to write. I, I love to write. I also actually have a blog um, where I I do keep and jot down my thoughts. I love to journal. Yeah. Um, And I I think that's very important that we write down our words not only just to help people now but to help future generations down the road. That is something that's very crucial to me in being able to impact future generations as well. Yeah. Um, And I think so. I think with writing and then also just developing over time a love of listening to people and then also talking with people um, has led me to see that I I want to write and I also want to to speak to people and become a motivational speaker
0: that's awesome Um, is is there anyone in particular who um, who is a writer or a speaker who has influenced you
1: yeah so I personally as a speaker um, and like listening to other speakers um, I love John by the way Mm -hmm. and Hank um, Smith and I just think their words are so miraculous. Like, the way that they speak has really helped me in my life, and I've seen the impact that it's had in my life, and I I want to follow in that direction. I want to follow not just who they are, but I want to become my own individual speaker yeah. and make a difference in my own way because they have very beautiful talents of not just speaking, but things that they've gone through, things that they've learned and for them to to share with the world yeah, um, what they've you know accomplished and the things they've seen and the things they've grown from um, has made a difference in who I am and I would want to do the same in other people's life.
0: That's awesome. You're kind of um, taking the light that they put at the end of the tunnel and you're passing it down the tunnel. Yeah, and you're, yeah. You're kind of saying walk this way. That's right? a great way of putting it, yeah. That's... I mean that's fantastic because that's I mean there are always more people there are always people struggling there are always people who need to hear that uh, so I, I think that's fantastic and uh, and so what um, what are you studying here at school to kind of move you in that direction
1: yes yeah, so I am currently majoring in family and marriage studies okay um, because I truly do want to become that motivational speaker that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But to get there, I would love to be a family and marriage counselor and learn from people and then also give them what I've learned. And it just falls right in line with um, my passions of being able to communicate with one another.
0: Right. That's awesome. Um, So so you're looking not just to go out and become a speaker just like that
1: (laughs) right at the snap of my fingers (laughs) now yeah right
0: you're like oh i'm a motivational speaker (laughs) you're high you know right um you're looking to learn from other people and you've already had so many experiences in your life that you've been able to learn from why do you feel like you need to learn from other people and 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 keep those conversations going
1: yeah that's a great question i think learning is something that is something that needs to be continual we can't mm-hmm. ever learn too much. And um, it's something that I think keeps us alive. It keeps us going. It keeps us, um, I think, passionate in the things that we are interested in. If The more we learn about it, the more we come to love it. And I don't think you can ever stop learning. I think there's always something new to learn with whatever area or period of time of life you're in.
0: That's awesome. And so what um, what do you hope will be the one thing in in one sentence. What do you hope you accomplish in your life?
1: Wow, that's a deep, (laughs) deep question. I hope to accomplish in a way giving back, not as much, but to a degree of what I've been given from my Savior Jesus Christ, and also from my family and from God, um, I hope to somehow return some some part of that debt that I that I have to repay.
0: That's awesome. And do you feel? Um, I guess y- you feel like you've been given so much that you that you can't repay it all. Right.
1: Yeah, I have been giving so many different blessings that I don't even think sometimes I take the time to even acknowledge that they're blessings. Um, but I, I, do truly know I've been blessed immensely with many different things, and and I've come to see a lot of those different blessings in my life. And I, I want to somehow always be giving back and make that a continual habit of my life. Always, always be not necessarily repaying, but but letting like letting God and the Savior know that I acknowledge that the blessings they've given me are are from them and they're a gift and that I, through giving back, will help them see that I am acknowledging them and their existence and their existence in my life specific, specifically.
0: That's awesome. Um, what, What's a way um, recently that you have seen God's hand in your life then?
1: I think through... Um, Studying, studying my scriptures, Mm -hmm. I've seen that, um, him, his words, um, speaking directly to me with what I needed answers to. I've had, I've had many different questions in the last few months about my life, where I'm going, what I'm doing, where to start kind of Mm -hmm. all these big questions that have very deep answers. They could go a million different ways. The answers that, um, to these questions. And I have seen through, through his word and also through prayer Um, answers come to me in many different ways through many different people that I necessarily didn't even know that that day that I woke up. (laughs) And Mm. I would see an answer come through them and I would look back on and reflect on things that I've been thinking about and things I've been questioning about and noticing that the answers may be coming slowly and not maybe at my pace, but they are definitely coming in very many different ways around me.
0: That's awesome. So just being aware, um, more aware of those blessings coming your way
1: yeah definitely
0: that's awesome well thank you for coming on my wax museum and and sharing your story
1: yeah and
0: uh and your thoughts and feelings about about life and gratitude and the light at the end of the tunnel um that we talked about thank you for that
1: yeah thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it
0: certainly gratitude can be that light at the end of the tunnel that we need i enjoyed this conversation and i hope you did too Coming up later this week, we'll be starting our Christmas special. Every day, for the 12 days leading up to Christmas, I'll be putting out a different episode, each one with the thoughts on Christmas and what they love from my guests from this past season. It's been fantastic talking to these people, and after the Christmas special, we'll have a couple more episodes to go through. But as we head into the Christmas season, I hope we can all have a light of gratitude in our hearts and that we can share it with other people and show our gratitude by other people by stopping and listening and maybe helping. I'm certain we'll learn a whole lot as we strive to do that, and over this past year, I have learned a whole lot. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from My Wax Museum.